0: had to call in sick So he got on the horn To his cousin Leroy Who lived out in the sticks He said Santa's really Counting on me And I hate to pass the buck Leroy said Hey I'm on my way And he jumped in his pickup truck When
1: Leroy got to the North Pole Hour 2 underway radio, in the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios Line, Fan Run Radio It is Three and out! Shout out, Stevie. Here's some Leroy the Redneck Reindeer for you. So I want to just I just want to be clear here, Hickman, because this this is the tone shift that I was waiting for from the Nicoistas. So if Nico performs poorly in the bowl game, it's Heipel's fault.
2: I mean, partially. I mean, the kid's been on campus since what? I mean, he's been here a full year? Uh,
1: not quite. So, uh, actually, no, it might be because I think he did go through some uh, bowl practices last year. Yeah, because so, he, he was
2: on the sidelines for the Orange So, League.
1: if he didn't play him all season because he wasn't ready, and then he plays him in the bowl game and he doesn't play well because he's not ready, the problem is well, fr- with Heupel because he played him or because he didn't or because he's – i'm just I'm just trying to I'm wanting to help you guys pin down your you know your answer for you know whatever happens because if he performs great, everyone's gonna say we should have started him all season and if he They'd performs, be right and if he performs poorly
2: it's we should have played him earlier in the season so he'd be ready. Right. Well, I'm a firm believer. To get somebody ready, you do need some in-game reps and experience in meaningful situations, not when you're up 40 points.
1: And they don't ever do that at practice. They never simulate situations. Well, I'm sure they
2: do, but like it's practice versus an in-game scenario is a little different, regardless of what you do. Hmm. Okay. No, like I said, I, I I'm just trying to. I think it's always
1: good to be prepared, and I think that what happens in the bowl game, it's just nice They're to. They're just
3: know, trying to cover themselves as hosts. Right. 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 Badly. Yeah. Jay
2: in the 37 chat actually brings up a great point here. He says if Nico does stink it up against Iowa, then you need to go get a quarterback in the portal. Mm-hmm. Not playing him in this ballgame leaves you with a massive unknown at the most important position heading into next season.
1: Yeah, it already puts you in a tough spot like to go get a quarterback in the portal because most of the guys who are jumping in the portal are jumping in because they want to go somewhere where they can play. It's going to be very hard to get a competent – quarterback to come in and say i want to be the backup for a year or two to this guy like you're you're not going to get like a senior who says yep i'll go be the backup and if he gets hurt i'll be ready to go like that doesn't make sense for him you're not going to get a freshman who's going to come in and say i'm better than him or i'm going to compete with him for four years like it's it's a very tough spot to go find a non like high school recruit quarterback to come in. Like, at this point, I'm looking at the roster, and I'm thinking, yeah, man, like, it's it's probably going to be Merklinger at your backup. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's just – and that that's a scary situation because that's where you were this year, right, with the true freshman backup. But it was weird, too, because, like, everyone wanted to see the true freshman backup, and next year no one's going to want to see the true freshman backup unless things aren't going that well, which will be Hypel's fault, of course.
2: I, I, I know there have been a lot of young – Quarterback prospects enter the portal this offseason already. I mean, you got Malachi Nelson at USC, uh, Dante Moore from UCLA. I, I know mm-hmm. you've already waited too long to get in on those guys. I, I don't know if you, you really could have those guys. or if you could have. I know, but, like,
3: I mean, would it be worth it, though? Like, you I think know, you'd need to talk to, like, the Gabriels and, the like, the one-year guys if you're going to go any route because mm-hmm. you got Nico.
2: I do, too. But like Chris said, though, I mean, my, it's going to be hard to sell somebody on Hey, uh you've got one year left but you might not even play here. Right. Like so would you go the route of getting a young guy like one of those guys and just maybe throw him a little bit of a bag to say, "Hey, come in here and compete and may the best man win and if not, one of y'all's out of here."
1: Yeah, but you got to handle it right. You can't you don't want to do anything to piss off Nico, right? I mean, you don't want to I, I think I – Like it's weird. Like you're the quarterback. You play football. You realize you need a backup, and you realize that every position needs depth. But quarterback's very, very different as opposed to, hey, we know that you're an elite running back. We're just signing a couple guys for depth because there's carries to go around. With quarterback, you know, you're not rotating quarterback, so you're bringing somebody in, essentially telling them, hey, unless you're just so much better than Nico, he's going to start, and you're going to be there for insurance. Like that's a, it's a tough sell. But. To Jay's point, if Nico goes out in the bowl game and maybe doesn't look elite and struggles a little bit, then maybe that opens up the door for you to go to one of these older guys and say, hey, 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 we, we got Nico. He's going to be very good. He might not be there quite yet. We think you'd have a chance to come in and compete with him for one year, help him grow and develop, and then maybe even win the job. And then Nico takes over the year after that.
2: We need a killer Chris out there. I'd like to have someone a little bit better. Yeah, than maybe a him. little bit better, but yeah. Yeah. I just I just don't know what your ceiling would be with getting a portal quarterback this year. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, I, I think it's a low ceiling, and
1: I don't think in based on our scholarship restrictions and the numbers that we can take. Like you, you don't want to just take a guy to take a guy for depth, but you no. might you might end up having to if you've only got
2: two guys at the position. It's a very tricky situation. But I mean, like with with George McIntyre, though, I mean. He's no slouch at the quarterback spot, and I know you don't want to rely on a true freshman. You mean Merklinger? McIntyre be next year. Yeah, me- yeah it's Mer- weird with Merk Merklinger. and Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Merklinger, he's a damn good prospect, but then again, like you're just in the same boat you were in this year. Yeah,
1: no, it's weird, but I think he's an early enrollee too. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if he's going through bowl yeah, practice, I but I think is he is going to be here in uh, December or maybe. Maybe January. I'm not sure. Eight six five five four six eighty two hundred. If you want to join the program, talking about the rumors and speculation that it might be the Nico show in the Cheez It Bowl. Back to the phone lines. We go. We got T Carp this morning. T Carp, good morning, sir.
4: Hey, good morning, fellers. Um, I would put myself in the uh, Nico Easta uh, camp. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I've got my argument laid out if he does bad is that hypo can't develop a five star 8 million dollar man and he's been on campus for a year and he can't he can't teach uh someone that's obviously got the intangibles um so that's my argument laid out uh what do you, what do you think about that that set of circumstances
1: mm I don't know. It's a year. Like, it just depends. Like, some guys come in and it takes them longer to get ready. It just does. Um, And you see kind of the light bulb go on. And sometimes that's a, a year. Sometimes it's two. So I don't think. I mean, Heupel's track record with quarterbacks is really, really good. And this is obviously the most talented and gifted quarterback he's had. But the fact that Nico had not played as much football as pr- probably all of the other guys that Heupel's ever coached might just be a little bit more of a roadblock than than we think. Um, right. That said, T. Carp, I realize it's limited what we've seen from Nico, but I- I've been pretty impressed with what I've seen.
4: Yeah, he's he's thrown a few dirt daubers. Uh, you know, we we saw what he could do in uh, Connecticut, and we also. S- you know, it's like, oh man, that was a bad pass. You know, things like that. Um, that does uh lend to an argument that you know, that you just said, Oh, we haven't seen him or he hasn't played that much football. And then it's like, well then he needs to play some football. Mm -hmm. He needed to play more at the Vanderbilt game. He needed to play more in the Connecticut game. You know, that just leads back to that argument. Um but, you know, all that aside, I honestly think uh I think it'll be fun to see Nico I think we will be just fine. Um, I do want to heap some praise on Heupel. Um Him keeping Cooper Mays and then the two tackles, um, that is flipping huge. Whatever, whatever bad things are happening in the portal with your DBs, you keeping that offensive line, at least that kind of those three guys intact, that's huge. Can we, can we, get, can we give Hypel an A-plus at least on that position group right now?
1: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, uh, a big part of the portal, If I mean, it's half of it, right? Like keeping the guys that you want and then going and filling the holes of guys that leave or of spots on your roster where you need help. But, I mean, yeah, I guess it'd be –
3: Got you tied in.
1: People would get excited if you lost some linemen but went out and got linemen, but having guys that have been in the system for two or three years and they've decided to return – I mean, think back to that Florida game and then what the offense looked like without Cooper Mays and with Cooper Mays for the remainder of the season. I think this offensive line has a chance to be – I mean, I thought they were solid this year. I mean, I think they've got a chance to be better next year, obviously. Another year in the system, another year getting bigger, stronger, faster. And that, to me, that helps probably Nico more than anybody because I don't think there's going to be nearly as much confusion or kind of doubt in front of him – and that's a pretty important thing, especially for a young guy. Now now, not only do you return a lot of guys, but you return seniors. When
3: well, you got a bigger class seniors, coming six year in that seniors. are going to be able to learn from these guys. Sure, and yeah.
4: Get a, you know, so. Exactly. And that, and you have Amari Thomas that's that's coming back, too. That's humongous. Um, you know, I honestly think, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. And you've got uh, Amari Thomas going against, you know, your ones, making them as, as good as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I do. I, I have pretty decent expectations for next year. I'm not expecting nine, ten wins, but I, I'm expecting, I'm expecting a good eight, eight, eight win season. I really, really think that can happen. Um, you know, we'll we'll talk. We'll see how we're feeling after this bowl game. Mm-hmm. If Nico falls out, um, I, I think I still think a, an amazing draw uh, that we got Iowa. You know, you got to score like ten points and you you should win. Um, but we'll, we'll just see what happens um, Love you guys Y'all be good Have a great rest of your show
2: Thanks, T-Carp Love you th- too, brother th- I think we're in trouble If we go 8-4 and four next year Because that means You lose every big game On your schedule You lose to Florida yeah, so You lose it, to Georgia It you depends lose on how Alabama, it goes, right? You lose to Oklahoma
1: Yeah, it depends on What it looks like You know, maybe Maybe you drop an extra game Early that you didn't expect Like to NC State And then by midway Point Once of the they've, season they've You're really good Yeah, yeah They've, they've added they're not Ole Miss, but
2: they've definitely went out and improved their roster. Outside of Ole Miss, they've probably been the second most impressive team in the portal this year, maybe, up until this point. Jolly's
1: going to get a chance to give us our payback. Yeah. Wow. That was a bummer. Uh, has there been any, like, actual rumors on Brew McCoy?
3: I was actually just looking that up to see. I haven't, it doesn't look like there's anything new that's really out.
1: felt like some people penciled him in, but then –
2: how long does he have? I mean, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. I would love to see him back. Uh, I felt like that's – Nico's
3: going to have weapons around him. There's no – Yeah, he doesn't any... have weapons. I mean, there's not going to be any –
2: Especially if you had the kid from Tulane. I'm I'm a little worried about receiver.
1: I think that there's talent. I just – we haven't seen enough from – And again, may, small. maybe <laughs> some of that – Well, or like small or huge. Sure, like it's, and Mike
3: Matthews aren't very
1: – Yeah, but then you got Brew
2: and Dante. If Dante back, Thornton. Yeah. It's like, you know – you need Brew because he's just, just he's that guy you can throw it three yards shy of the sticks on third and second. And he's gonna pound somebody. Yeah. And yep. he's just yeah, he's just gonna manhandle somebody and he's gonna do whatever it takes to get that first down and be your Juwan Jennings.
3: I think he's got maybe a good safety blanket with the Stays guy. I mean he seems like a and he's a big guy too, so
2: Yeah, and apparently they think Ethan
1: Davis is gonna be like the the pass catching prototype tight end and they just wanted Stays to have like a
3: And
2: Samson knows blocking he's the guy, guy. now. You know, Seldon should get some run. If you do land I'm the to watch from Tulane, though, I, I feel like he's kind of getting the shaft a little bit in the portal rankings. Brazil? Yeah. I'm a little worried he hasn't committed yet.
1: Why? He's, he's going on visits. Apparently, that? apparently he went to Washington and afterwards yeah. said he's not going to Washington.
2: Man, I'm not going to knock a kid for taking visits. I will knock a kid for just automatically assuming he doesn't want to go to Washington. Well, he took a visit. Well, it's well. a long way out there.
3: <laughs> but
1: he had also already visited Tennessee and basically said this was the greatest place he'd ever been to in his life. What
3: I mean, have he you said?
2: seen? Have you seen the teams that want that kid?
3: Yeah, he had a laundry list.
2: <sighs> Who else is involved? No, I haven't. I mean, he's, he Everybody. put out that picture, and it's like, 50, yeah, schools. Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Ohio State. Everybody wants the kid. Let's go get him. Uh, he's a what? He's a four-star transfer <laughs> prospect. I don't know if we can take him on. <laughs> Eight six five five four six eight two hundred.
1: Dang it, Hickman! You just ruin everything. Back after this.
4: I'm dreaming of white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know.
1: I mean, I like Michael Bublé,
2: but you're saying this one's better than the Buddy Holly version? Well, I actually didn't know this was the michael buble version michael bubble i will say though great voice Uh, i believe you just said voice of an angel yeah you need to uh if you like him you need to look up him singing uh what's that blake shelton song home with blake shelton
1: Mm. have you seen the video where he invites that kid up on stage to sing with him and the kid Mm -hmm. just kills it Seems like a
2: great guy, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's that, why I like him. That was the moment I was like, okay, maybe Michael Bublé's like not a bad dude. That's one thing that sucks about getting older and social media and being able to follow celebrities closer is you realize how big of dirt bags Some of them are. 90% of them are. Yeah. So it kind of ruins your outlook on music and movies and mm-hmm. TV shows. But that's why if, if you find someone who seems like a decent human being, I like to I like to give my support.
1: Well, speaking of decent human beings, uh, Lane Kiffin is cleaning up in the portal. Yeah, I mean he's had like the portal season of a dream. How do the last you couple how weeks. do you view this? Because here, here's my take: he sees a window on in his schedule next year. He realizes there's going to be probably a lot of really good jobs opening up. I think he is going for broke to get in the playoff next year, and then he's going to take the Florida job or. Yeah. I mean that's that's the one that like really
2: stands out to me. If he takes the Florida job, we'll never win in the swamp ever again as long as he's there.
1: Yeah, because we have such a great track record down there. Anyway, I know, but that um, should terrify everybody. Dick, did they just not spend money in the portal the last two years and save it? Because that's remember that's all he complained about when he got there. Like, oh, we just we don't have the money to compete with the. The Alabamas and the Georgias. Well, Darts
3: and- a transfer, so Shadir, or not Shadir, Sanders. The other Sanders, Spencer Sanders. Yeah, mm, so yeah. their yeah. Name is. Uh, receivers? I think all came from different places.
2: Maybe they're, but like this. Maybe year, they're secretly nil rich. But this year, though, like, kind of seemed like they clicked with some under the radar guys that just worked out from the portal.
3: I mean, if you look at the transfer rankings, they got all the top guys right yes. now. like one, two, three. You know, they even had
2: room for some of our bombs. Wow. And trolled us about it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> is, yeah. Is there a ranking? I thought there. Was. If you just Google like player transfer rankings twenty twenty four or something like that, I think it comes up. Like I think Walter Nolan's at the top of the list. You know that Prince. Guy oh, I, guy. I
1: thought maybe you were saying they had ranked the teams.
3: Oh, you can do a transfer team rankings too.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, here it is. Uh, Ole Miss number one. They have ten transfer portal Colorado's commits. Five four stars. Yeah, Colorado second. They have fifteen commits. Louisville, three, Arizona State, four, TCU, five, NC State, sixth.
3: How I mean, they got?
1: Uh, eight commits, three, four stars, four, three stars. Hmm. Uh, South Carolina's up at nine. Kentucky at 12. That's interesting. They don't have Brock Vandegrift listed as a five-star transfer. Hmm. Actually, I guess there aren't right now, many.
2: If, right now, if you had to put money on it, would you predict Ole Miss to be one of the 12 teams to make the playoff?
3: Yeah, their schedule is not.
2: Very yeah, I haven't looked either. at
3: their
1: schedule, but I'm assuming that's why they're making the run yeah, here.
2: Yeah, I think I would put them as a. Let's look at their early schedule, favorite actually. to make it.
1: Curious as to what their uh, outlook is.
3: They spent the money to keep Judkins and Dart and all these guys in, at the school, and then now they're just improving the defense like crazy. Like I think they got a Mississippi State corner yesterday. Did yeah, did they? Hmm. Obviously, Juice Wells to go with what's the other receiver they got, Trey Harris.
2: Yeah, he he's legit, and I mean, obviously, we know very firsthand what Juice Wells is capable of doing. Yeah.
1: Wow. So here's their schedule. This is, yep. I, I mean, I it's, think
2: it's
3: second easiest behind uh, Missouri's
1: Furman, MTSU. They do go to Wake Forest in week three. Not crazy. Yeah. Georgia Southern, four, Kentucky, five, at five, South Carolina. Five, six, at LSU, I think we all think LSU probably going to take a little bit of a step yeah, back. Yeah, that's Dude. their first toss Bella's up. was neighbors,
3: and Daniels.
1: Uh, did I see that they they want to get the uh, Swan kid, the transfer from I Vanderbilt? I think he's already there. There he go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then they get a bye week before hosting Oklahoma.
3: We don't know about Oklahoma at this point. Mm-mm.
1: No, I know they don't have an offensive line. Yeah. Question uh, mark at quarterback, young yeah. stud at Arkansas. Then they host Georgia.
2: Bye week. At Florida, Egg Bowl,
3: not a tough schedule. What
2: What if Kiffin though? After all the portaling he's done this year, and you know having that easy schedule though, because I mean, one thing he's kind of been known for it or at Ole Miss since he's been there is big game lane. Yeah, big game lane. Can't nursery. do it. What if he go? What if What if he hits that stretch and he's undefeated, but he drops the LSU game, drops the Oklahoma game, drops the Georgia game? I mean, will they? What will the? Uh, how hot will his seat be in Ole Miss? For nine and three, it won't be Damn. hot. It just—I I think there'll be a lot of frustration. Especially, I mean, I, I get that,
1: but I don't think—I mean, it's like Ole it, Miss. Yeah, it is. I don't Ole think Miss. they're going to say like roll them out of town. Um, but if you're an Ole Miss fan and you're looking at this schedule and all the talent you're bringing in the portal, you're probably thinking this is a year where if it's if it's going to happen, like this is the year that it should. And I'm not saying they go undefeated, but I—I I mean, I, I don't think eleven and one or.
3: I'm trying to find it hard for them to be t- not favored in all games except for, like, Georgia.
1: <laughs> well, not getting to play Alabama is a pretty big win. Yeah. Not having to play us, pretty big win. Getting get Georgia
2: that up. late at home, I mean, I, think, I think you'll, you'll take Daniels. that. Yeah. But on the Oklahoma's flip side of that, like, what if they go 9-3? and And Like, what's Lane Kiffin thinking? Is he thinking that no matter what, this is just a place that we're – Well,
1: that's what makes it interesting. So, if he goes 9-3, and three, he's probably still – in the market for another job. And I don't think nine and three at Ole Miss would keep him out of like that market. I think Florida, uh, a school like Florida would still be interested. Um, I think uh, a school like Miami could still potentially be interested in him. I think there's still like schools that would be very interested. And at that point, if you go nine and three this year and you're Lane Kiffin, you're saying, look, I just, you can't do it here. Right. I mean, with all this talent, if they go nine and three or eight and four, it's like, Hey, I just, you, you can't do it at Ole Miss. So then maybe he starts to look around even more. But I think he's trying to set this up for – and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he loves Ole Miss. Maybe he wants to retire as Ole Miss's head coach, and he's just, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pick and choose our years. We're going to look at the schedule, and we're going to try to build the roster accordingly to make those one-year magical runs with a bunch of bot players. And that's what people said through NIL. They said there's going to be teams every year that look at their schedule, look at what they have and they say this is the year to spin big in the portal whereas Tennessee this year at least from the looks of things said this is the year we want to spin big to keep guys on campus we want to make sure that we're keeping our offensive line that we're keeping you know some of these linebackers and some of these offensive weapons and that's just kind of the balance that all, all I mean really all of college football is having to kind of figure out right now it is fascinating though like the ability to cuz i i think in at least in my mind, it's like, oh, every year you're just trying to get better. Every year you're trying to get better. Legitimately, this may be a situation where cer- certain schools on certain years look at their schedule two years in advance and say, nope, that's the year we're going to make it. we got to build for that year where we get you know that team at home, this team jumps off the schedule, the out-of-conference games are easy, we need to build for that year. Sometimes it'll be two years down the road, sometimes it'll be the next season. And I think that's what Ole Miss is doing this year. I'm – it's going to be fascinating. I mean, they're going to be a high-flying offense. Their defense should be fine. Like, are, were you upset to lose to Marion McDonald? No. Like, and I didn't want to lose Barron just because I think he's, like, a, a good veteran player, but you've got so much edge talent behind him that is. it was probably going to be tough to keep all those guys the He was off just a field. versatile
3: guy, though. Yeah. Because he was in on our
2: – And, you know, the hometown connection sure. kind of
1: yeah. makes it a little more – I think that's the saddest part of it for me, like the fact that he spent four years here and now it's going to end at Ole Miss, and you know,
2: I will say like my three most intriguing teams to watch next year in the SEC to keep. Oh, I'm glad you already crafted this list. Ole Miss is definitely on there, of course. What they've added in the portal. I've always enjoyed watching Ole Miss play football since Lane's got there too. Hmm. So weirdo. Uh, Number two, obviously Tennessee is one of them. Uh, Even if I wasn't a Tennessee fan, I think that Tennessee is one of the more intriguing teams just to see what Nico can do. And then in the three spot, I would have LSU. Really? Why? I just, I mean, if (laughs) if Brian Kelly can't crack through with the the Heisman winning quarterback and a guy who was, you know, you can make the argument, should have won the Bolitnikoff award, I just don't know if he'll do it. Yeah, you could make the argument he should have won the Bolitnikoff award. I also think I, oh, Congratulations, I've also not been here since the Heisman mm-hmm. Trophy was handed out. Crocker garbage. Really? Garbage. Absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. Let's what? Let's give it to a guy who lost every big game he played in. It's true. He did. Lost every big game he played in. And I, I know the defense sucked, but you know whose defense wasn't great either? Washington. You know who overcame it? Michael Penix Jr. Because he was the best dumb quarterback in college football this year.
1: It does feel like we move the goalposts every year on the Heisman. Yeah, we do. Like, I mean, there it have goes been... to the
2: best player, right?
1: Not always. No. Sometimes it goes to the best player on the best team. That's what yeah, makes it so the weird. the
3: best player, ultimately. The no, Heisman. it's not.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, That's what it's supposed to be. He was the be. best player in college football. That's what There's it's no supposed argue, to be. I don't know that he was. Jay
3: Daniels Hick- can't play defense.
1: To Hickman's point, though, like overcoming a bad defense has he
3: was been, bad in three or four games
1: yeah they won but he was bad in the, the season but ultimately you got to win I mean there's never been a six and six quarterback I mean they gave the him the maxwell
2: I
3: mean,
2: and, and, and he's like not like he didn't know have you seen the breakdown of like if you take out like the Georgia southern game or Georgia State game I think
1: there were two games that accounted for like 20 percent of his touchdowns. yeah
2: and they were against garbage teams and like out like did he ever just have a moment in a big game when vote wasn't even close was it I don't think so. I mean, he won
3: pretty easily. I mean, I no, mean the experts but, thought but, he well, was the best player by far, right? right but uh, we're just saying he like, led a conference in running.
1: Brett. We're just saying that the Heisman switches every year. Like sometimes the best player doesn't win it because they give it to the beauty contest winner, who's a quarterback at Alabama or a quarterback at Florida State. Like sometimes there are better players that don't win. In this case, I do think
2: he was the most talented player. He also did lose the three biggest games of the year. I watched Michael Penix go 65 yards on two throws to beat the number eighth ranked team in the country, trailing by four. I mean, like, did Jaden Daniels never had that moment? I mean, what was their best win? The comeback
3: at Missouri. Yeah. But what were the numbers in the big those big games? He's not. I mean, what's the guy supposed to do? I mean, go look at his numbers against Alabama and these teams he lost to. They were good. We're not saying he's bad. We're
1: just...
3: Were you saying he didn't deserve the Heisman? I didn't
1: say that. I just said that the criteria for the Heisman seem to change every year. Like, sometimes they want to give it to the guy who has the best stats and is, you know, putting up numbers. Sometimes they're like, well, uh, they wouldn't have made it this far without that. Like, in a, in another year in an alternate universe, like, it's Michael Pinnock's, but I, for so, I think it's maybe because he was a West Coast player. Like, that seems to happen sometimes with West Coast players. Like, when McCaffrey didn't win it, like, there are still people who consider that to be the greatest Heisman robbery of all time. And I do think that where you play and when you play has a big impact on the voters. Because if I'm not mistaken, what is it? Is it 80% of the Heisman voters are live east of the Mississippi? Yeah. So, it's just like, a, how much did you watch him? Because I, I watched several Washington games. And, yeah, Pennix, like, his numbers weren't outrageous but he did what it took to win games and like i think there is an argument to be made that that's important but also you do look at the stats for what lsu did offensively and it's like okay yeah but then the reason we got started down this rabbit hole was because brian kelly had arguably the best receiver in the country the best quarterback in the country and he didn't win one big game yeah and so that's why i think they came up to be number three on your list because if you take another step back next year after you lose all these guys then was brian kelly the right hire for lsu because in year two congrats you got a heisman that's great but you got I, a bullet in the cop yeah, finalist and i i just i think lsu fans are going to say you're you're hitting us with the the sizzle but where's the state I mean, where's like, the championship let
2: me yeah, let me pull up their schedule because like, cause like
1: we well, here, we'll do a break. Yeah, so okay. look up look that up. We'll hit a quick break. We'll come back. Uh continue on hour number two. It's three and out on Fan Run Radio.
4: Mom got drunk and dad got drunk. At a Christmas party.
1: Uh, um, hour two rolls on in the White Claw Hard Seltzer yeah, Studios, Fan Rain Run Radio. It is. Three and out. Optimism Tuesday. If you missed the first hour, we talked a little bit of Nico. Some uh, some tea leaves pointing that he may be the guy in the cheese It Citrus Bowl. Did anyone watch the famous Toastery Bowl? Real quick,
2: Chris. Okay. LSU against ranked teams this year, one and three. Mm-hmm. Washington, five and oh. What were uh, Daniel's stats in those games? No, I don't care. He didn't win. And, to, and to, to to my point, like, LSU, very reminiscent of a Pac-12 football team this year, all offense, no defense. Like, that, that's how it is week in, week out in the Pac-12, and Michael Penix was able to lead his team to more victories. Well, I think
1: I told you, like, West Coast, I think also the fact it was Washington and not, like, Southern Cal. Because we saw last yeah. year, like, Caleb, Caleb Williams ran away with it. And he put up great numbers, too. He didn't put up numbers nearly as good as Jaden Daniels did this year, and he won it. It's just – and but his team was in playoff contention, so it made a little bit more sense. I do think that there was a – I did notice this huge push by uh, – Peter Burns made sense, right, because he's an LSU grad, like LSU fan. But there was a big push from ESPN and SEC Network to get Jaden Daniels' stats out. And the stats are – they are amazing. Like, when you just look at the – the hardline stats. I'm trying to remember. I, I I found a breakdown. It was like 36 statistical categories for quarterbacks, and it was between Bo Nix, Michael Penix, and Jaden Daniels. I think Jaden Daniels led in 33 of the 36. Like he had easily the best season statistically of any quarterback. But then the that's that's what I'm saying. The argument changes some years because. In some years, you get penalized for not winning big games for the Heisman. It just kind of depends on how it falls out. And then in other, game, in other seasons, you're rewarded for your stats weren't very good, but you won all the big games, and it's just, it just feels like it's different every year. I do think it should just go to the best player regardless of record or team. So in that, in that scenario, I think they got it right this year. But I also could see the argument for Michael Penix is doing this at Washington and did it all season, and when he had to have touchdowns and when he had to have come-from-behind victories, he did that. But it's also a team game, and this is not a team award, even though, like I said, some seasons – it appears to be a team. Yeah, because the
3: way they were talking, Jordan Travis should have won it, <laughs> you know, the playoff committee and the way they were talking. Yeah. Well, Florida but, State yeah didn't it's make like, the oh, playoff. yeah,
1: quarterback. If you don't have a good one, like, you just, you can't even compete. It's like, okay. They would have well,
3: been in if Jordan Travis was here.
1: Yeah. Like, it just, it, yeah. Stati- I mean, based on that logic out of one side of their it's mouth, well, then, then he should be the Heisman Trophy winner they because don't have their his yeah. team was undefeated with him, and now you don't even think they deserve a playoff shot. It just, they, like I said, they move the goalposts all the time. It's okay. 865-546-8200 if you want to join the program. Uh, Brett, did you watch the famous Tree Bowl?
3: I watched bits and pieces. It got to be a blowout, and then I had stuff going on, and then I noticed they had a 28-point comeback. It was 28-nothing at halftime. Yeah. They were down 21,
1: 21 points to start the fourth, the fourth quarter, quarter yep. and came back and won it. Uh, I believe they blocked a field goal in overtime. They did. Yep, incredible. Any games on tonight?
3: Well,
2: didn't. No, that I think was the so? other
3: game you guys were talking about.
2: I think so. Mm. Yeah, uh, UTSA and Marshall.
4: Mm. Which What's,
2: bowl is that called? We went through them yesterday. I can't remember the name of. It. I just hate how, the, like, I just hate the bowl names these days. That is the Scooter's Coffee Frisco Bowl.
3: That's right, because Houston was talking yep. about how his when I was a young man <laughs>
2: on on Pop's knee. <laughs> Come over here and watch the.
1: <laughs> he'd say, "We're going to watch the famous Toastery Bowl while I drink my Scooter's Coffee. One day, young man, one day this will all be yours." Back to the phone lines we go. We've got. Did I see David? Yes. Yes, David. Welcome to the program. Good morning.
0: Hey guys, how are you doing this morning? Good man. Hey, um, I, I understand the inconsistency of the arguments on on the husband, and you know I I haven't watched it since since ninety seven. Obviously, like, <laughs> I haven't like either. A lot of Tennessee fans, <laughs> um, but you know the argument uh, I think it's Hitman's making. Uh, you know, then Stetson Bennett should have won it last year. So, all you're gonna do is give you're gonna you're gonna give it to the the best player on the on the best team every year. That's your that's your criteria because I don't think that criteria works either. I think criteria changes every year because every season the the seasons are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I don't think I I wouldn't have had any problem getting Penix uh, having Penix win the Heisman this year. I don't I I think those two were, were in my opinion really close. Um, and and you know this thing is this thing's going to end up you know as we all know it's going to end up in biases and, and regional biases and, and it's hard for anybody in the west coast to win and um, you know I you know you can have two te- two players off the same team that that split votes or two players in the same conference that split votes which probably happened with Penix and and uh, and the kid from Oregon Nick's yeah. yeah 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 you don't you don't have you just don't have specific criteria every year because every year is different Mm. and I I just don't think you can if you start putting it in in that kind of you know that you're trying to fit it into that type of criteria you're going to get burned the next year the following year because that criteria is going to work against your your own argument right that was my point guys appreciate it
1: thanks David no you're absolutely right
2: and you know honestly I probably wouldn't have been too upset with Stetson Bennett winning the Heisman last
1: year well that's what makes it weird like I don't think people would have been upset if Pennix had won it this year I mean, there would have been some, like some Jaden, you know, LSU fans would have said, "Well, it should have been Jaden," and I think they would have had a fair argument. That's why, in in some years, it's fine, but there also have been some pretty blatant, you know, whiffs by the Heisman in years past, where it's like this doesn't even the, the this thing makes with, no sense. The thing
2: with Stetson Bennett last year is. He had kind of the stigma of being just a game manager mm-hmm. of a juggernaut squad, mm-hmm. which, I mean, if you look at the numbers, I mean, he the number passing yards-wise, his numbers are pretty much identical to Michael Penix this year. Uh, Penix went for, I think, about 12 more touchdowns, I think, Bennett last but yardage, year. But yardage-wise, it was pretty yeah, close. Yardage yeah, yardage-wise, it was close, but uh, I think Bennett last year only had 27 passing touchdowns, if memory serves me correct, to seven picks. And the thing with him last year is – I'd have been uh, I'd have been okay with him getting the Heisman, but at the end of the day, like how many Heisman moments do you have last year in the regular season? Right, if right. If, if any, because he didn't have to. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like you look at the numbers, and they were great. And I will say this: I think the Stetson Bennett for Heisman conversation last year gets really amped up if the Ohio State game was played. happens before the yeah, vote. Before. I agree, I agree, because I mean he threw for was it close to four hundred? Load, load, load. Yeah, he threw for 398 and three touchdowns. That's what I thought. I thought it was right
1: under four. Also, selfishly, uh, I didn't want Jaden Daniels to win it because I didn't want an SEC player to win it this year because I think that that makes it less likely that an SEC player wins it next year. And if Nico is as awesome as we all hope he is, I don't want him to get like, oh, well, we can't give it to two SEC quarterbacks in back-to-back years because that was one of the the big deals for Peyton in 97 is the – the ESPN media machine, I think, got bored of giving it to two white southern quarterbacks because uh, I believe it was Danny Werfel won it the year before, and I think they were wanting to find – and then especially finding a defensive player. And I'm not saying Charles Woodson was a bad player. I just think that if you're going to the best player in college football, it was probably Peyton Manning. But that's just me. What do I know? I just talk on the radio. Uh, Hickman, let's hit our final break of hour number two. We'll come back, wrap it up on three and out. The only Christmas for me Where the love circles around Final segment of hour number two, live from the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios Fan Run Radio. Uh, I guess some of the big news yesterday, Carson Beck announces he will return to Georgia. And their 5 star camp miss quarterback commit Dylan Raiola flips from Georgia to Nebraska. Poetically. Poor kid. <laughs> Literally poetically, because uh, well, chat GPT is a thing. Hickman, did you see this? No. Okay, so Dylan Raiola has been like rumored, oh, he's going to flip to Nebraska. He's going to flip to Nebraska. Well, yesterday he actually did it mm-hmm. with a poem In the realm of college dreams where purpose takes flight, enter Dylan Rayola, crafting his narrative in the night. Once lured by Georgia, where powerhouse glory gleamed, yet Nebraska's purpose in his heart brightly beamed. In the scarlet and cream, where legacies entwine, Dylan, like Rogers, Rosier, and Crouch, a hero in the line. No longer a cog in some powerhouse machine, but a quarterback with an even grander ambition unseen. Makes so me vomit. I'm not done. So fellow fans await with hope in the air for Dylan to choose his purpose to declare in a weekend's decision. Destiny calls to fulfill his purpose, where a new destiny enthralls. Um. Yeah, there were a lot of people who wanted to take a victory lap on Georgia yesterday, and then after reading that, said maybe you guys dodged a bullet because yeah. that is the weirdest thing I think I've ever seen. Uh, just especially for a guy who never made it to campus, right? Yeah, like it, it. You can just tell that he put that into Chat GPT and said, "Hey, I want a holiday-themed poem about me committing to Nebraska over." would have been
3: at Georgia if Beck didn't come back.
1: I don't know why he didn't go anyway. Beck's only got one more year. I mean, I get that you want to go in there and go now, and I will go. say this: Matt Rule's a damn good coach, and he's a damn good recruiter. Now we'll see how you know if it works at Nebraska and he can get it turned around. But he's he's selling this kid. I mean, you can read it through the <laughs> the the blurred lines of the poem. He said, "Do you want to go to Georgia and just be the next guy who you know runs the machine, or do you want to come and?" Start a legacy from scratch and rebuild he Nebraska a football.
3: In-state kid from Georgia Buford. It wasn't like he was from out of state. Yeah, that's so weird. That is. I mean, what? It's his uncle or his dad's on staff at Nebraska, right?
1: Uh, I want to say it's his dad. Then they and just they, hire him like yeah, two years ago or a year ago. And game a, a raise, yeah.
2: Feels like Matt Rule's kind of Nebraska's last ditch effort, don't you think? To get back to being relevant.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, if he can't do it, I just don't know who you attract. And I mean, last-ditch effort in in the way that, like, they go big. Yeah. Because I think that was a pretty big-time hire by them. But after that, like, I don't know what big-time coach is going to say, yes, I can go and win at Nebraska.
2: Because, I mean, obviously, you know, Tennessee fans have a lot of experience with being a powerhouse and going through a very dormant period. But at the same time, like, some schools that once it's over, like, they don't really have that opportunity to – Reharvest what mm-hmm. they once had. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in Nebraska. I got to go to USC next year, to
3: Ohio State, to Iowa.
1: To USC doesn't sound too bad. They just lost. uh
2: They lost both quarterbacks. Yeah, right? Caleb Williams yeah. gone. Yep. And Caleb Malachi Williams is gone. Nelson. I can't believe Nelson left. That is wild to me. Bringing in a uh, Will Howard. I don't know if that's official yet, but that's what the. That's just what the vibe. Where was he? About. Kansas State. That's mm-hmm. right. Which Malachi Nelson at USC. Did, I'm pretty sure we had yeah, three Colorado. different number one ranked quarterbacks with the big services, right? Like I believe so. Yeah, Nico was number one with On Three. I think Malachi was number one with Rivals, Rivals, and I think Arch was number one with Twenty Four Seven Sports. And a good point. I saw on Twitter is like, you know, for Malachi Nelson being the number one ranked quarterback prospect in the country, like what does it say about him and his development if Lincoln Riley? Even before Malachi Nelson hit the portal was already out here looking for like B minus type quarterbacks. Right. Because Will Howard's good, but Well, and I think that should make just real quick before you go forward on that, that should make people
1: feel pretty good about Nico that we weren't immediately like portal shopping quarterbacks and involved with big name quarterbacks right at the end of the season. Like clearly the staff feels like the future with Nico is very, very bright. Now the question is can they build some depth behind him that isn't going to be true freshman for the next two years? And if you can do that, I think you feel pretty good. But the fact that we didn't go out and, like, cut Nico loose and try to go find some quarterbacks in the portal, I think that's a pretty good sign. Speaking of pretty good sign, that wraps up hour number two. Mm. We'll do hour three after this.